Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. I apologize. I apologize. I had the mic on. I had the mic on. So I was sitting here doing this and I was, so I like, let's do that again. That, that's a horrible introduction. Let's, let's, I, I just looked down and realized the microphone's on. The microphone's completely on. So let me, let me do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to officially go live now and do this correct way. So are you ready? Let me re, let me rewind this. All right. We, we go live now. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, November the 1st, 2023. It is currently 1.46 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Two concepts sits in front of us this afternoon. Two very important concepts. Concept number one, you have heard, you have seen, read, and heard probably way too much about de-churching. You're probably tired of hearing about de-churching, 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 de-churching. This phenomenon of people de-churching and leaving the church and church attendance is down and what is going to be the future of the church and, and how do we stop it and how we, how do we change it? And others are like, no, those numbers are exaggerated. De-churching isn't really happening. Others are like, you have no clue what you're talking about. So you're probably tired of hearing about it, but we're going to talk about de-churching. And then we're going to talk about a concept that maybe I would be interested to know. Have you ever even considered it? So let me put the second concept almost as a question. Do you consider your church to be your spiritual mother? Do you consider your church to be your spiritual mother? Do you consider church to be your mother? Now, if you put the two concepts together, de-churching would mean de-churching is the idea of leaving your church, leaving the church. Doesn't mean you're leaving your faith, but you're leaving the church for whatever reason. Maybe you believe the church has become too political, whatever. You're just like, I'm done with the institution of the church. I'm de-churching. I'm leaving the church. Well, if the church is your mother, then you're de-churching, you're leaving your spiritual mother. And is that an okay thing to do? And, well, should we even consider the church to be our mother? I'm bringing these two concepts together because it appears there's been a little bit of controversy that I wasn't paying any attention to. I just stumbled upon this controversy and I think we need to discuss it. So are you ready? Let's let's go to a little bit about the controversy and what is going on. All right. On October the 31st, which was yesterday, an article was published entitled Prone to De-Church. Lord, I feel it. The idea of prone to wonder, right? Lord, I feel it. You probably have heard that. I'm, you know, Lord, I'm I'm prone to wonder. I I feel it. I'm prone to, to walk away. Well, 
I, now in 2023, it's prone to de-church. Lord, I feel it. Do you feel that 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 desire to de-church, to just be done with it, to just be done with the organization, the institution, the politics, uh, the programs, the the all of? Are you are you? Do you ever prone to just walk away? Well, prone to de-church. Lord, I feel it. The article begins with this paragraph. A few weeks ago, a video clip made the rounds on social media of John Piper responding to a question about a believer who says, I'm not walking away from Jesus, but I'm done with the church after an experience of church hurt or failure in leadership. So this, so someone wrote to, um, I guess, wrote to John Piper saying, hey, I'm, I'm done with the church. I'm leaving. We, I don't know if it's specifically because of some experience that was hurtful or because of, of leadership failure or or maybe failure of people in the pew. I mean, hey, if people fell behind the pulpit, people fell in, in the pew. I mean, there's failure everywhere within the Christian church. That's a whole different discussion because guess what? Whether they're in the pew or whether in the pulpit, they're sinners and there's failure. Like no matter what, look, God's standard is be holy as he is holy. Nobody's meeting that standard, ladies and gentlemen. Be ye perfect as my as my Father in heaven is perfect. Nobody's meeting that standard, ladies and gentlemen. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Nobody is meeting that standard. Nobody. So once you acknowledge that nobody is meeting the standard, then you're living in a you're a part of a community that is in perpetual failure. And maybe we need to do a better job of explaining that, but okay. But I know that the minute I say that, I'm going to get an email saying, what a weak, pathetic Christianity, because we don't have to be. Okay, well, you can continue to pretend that, but the reality is we were living in a perpetual failure. And just like Israel did, just like the church of the old, of old just like the church today. But someone's like, hey, I'm walking away. I'm not walking away from Jesus. I'm walking away from the church. Now, here we go. Now, while not ruling out the choice of a believer to walk away from a particular congregation, Piper stressed the impossibility of thinking someone could follow Christ and leave the church altogether. And then I'm quoting Piper, to walk away from the church is to walk away from Christ. So he's making the assessment. He's making the judgment. He's making the dogmatic declaration. Hey, 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 hey. Now listen, listen here. If you walk away from the church, you're walking away from Jesus. There's no other way around it. If you walk away from the church, you're walking away from Christ. The end. So there can't be de-churching if you're a Christian, because if you're de-churching, you're walking away from Christ. Now that's a very, very strong statement. And I hate to say this, that sounds more Catholic to me than it does necessarily evangelical, quote unquote, Protestant. It really does. It really does. Because if you walk away from church, did you walk away from Christ? Now, while some will say, well, it's not that you walked away from Christ. If you walked away from the church, it proves you were never of Christ. So therefore you were never saved so they'll, they'll do it. That's always the go-to answer for If you do this, well, you were never saved. If you do this, you were never saved. Meaning I have to do this in order to be saved. Okay, well, we've been through that conversation a million times. But it seems to imply, hey, there is no salvation apart from the church. 
that there can be no salvation outside the church. Now, some will say, well, no, you can be saved outside the church, but if you demonstrate a hatred or a rejection of the church, well, then it proves you were never saved. That's the typical evangelical Protestant way, because they're like, hey, you don't need it to be saved, but if you reject it, then you were never saved, so therefore you need it in order to be saved. Okay, it's this weird semantics, just talking in a circle that Christians love to do, but it, it raises a question. Now, they go on to say this, that this statement was controversial, says something about our contemporary individualistic context. And they're saying, hey, the reason Piper's comments were so controversial is because we now live in a contemporary individualistic context. That, that the problem is, is we're too individualistic and we, now they, now, now wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down, slow down. This would go beyond being individualistic. If you're going to tell me, if I walk away from the church, I'm walking away from Christ, that's not individualistic. That, that, is a, that is a dogmatic theological assertion. Now, you could talk about individualism maybe contributing to people not seeing why they need the institution. But, you know, I know it's November the 1st, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yesterday was Reformation Day. And whether we like this or not, there was an unintended consequences. I'm pretending I'm holding a hammer. There was an unintended consequences of those 95 theses being published, being posted. I know some people question the historical accuracy of them being nailed to the church door, but that's the way we always talk about it. That hammer strike started the Protestant Reformation. When he nailed those 95 theses, look, whether you like it or not, it created an attitude like, no, the church, well, I don't need the church. The church is not in control. The church is not the authority. I need Christ and I need the word of God. And whether you like it or not, it created uh, unintended Maybe the unintended consequences is it created a very individual, a very individualistic form of Christianity because the way after the Protestant Reformation, the church wasn't in charge of doctrine. The church wasn't in charge of, of dogmatic uh, declarations, which you had to follow. The church now was to be judged by whom? The individual holding a Bible, who then could say, nope, what you're teaching is right and what you're teaching is wrong. Luther stood against the church and said, you're all wrong. Well, once Luther can stand against the entire church and say they're all wrong, then every other individual can stand up and say, the church is wrong. The church is wrong. And everyone then can say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Because me, I study the Bible to see whether these things are so. I've decided those things are so, so the church is wrong. You either change or I leave. And I'll either go start my own or go find one that agrees with me. And, and then that person will sit in the pew, a pew and judge what is being preached as being true or false. There's the individualism that came out. It's the unintended consequences of the Protestant Reformation. Nobody likes to admit that. Now, I'm not, I'm not condemning the Protestant Reformation. I'm acknowledging the unintended consequences from it. The whole story is one man standing against a church saying the church is wrong. And we're like... Amen. He's right because scripture was on his side. But it, so everyone who stands against every church thinks the scripture is on their side, which creates an individual concept, an individualistic uh, context. 
Now, it says it's true. We've experienced a season of rot and corruption being exposed in a number of high profile churches. So it's not surprising that some might conclude a personal relationship with Jesus is what matters most to the exclusion of organizational Christianity and all its messiness. And a survey from a decade decade ago, a minority of self-identifying Christians claimed the church was essential to one's faith. So a survey from a decade ago, a minority of self-identifying Christians claimed the church was essential to one's faith. And then underneath that, they have in bold letters, church as mother. Now we bring the two concepts together. We have the de-churching. We have an example. Someone writes John Piper, say, hey, I'm, I'm not done with Jesus. I'm done with the church. Hey, no, no. And then Piper's like, no, 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 no. To walk away from the church is to walk away from Christ. They're like, hey, this is a contemporary issue of an individualistic context. And I'm, no, no, no. This is not an, a, a contemporary issue. This goes back to the Protestant Reformation, where when the non-Catholic system became about individuals, being able to say, you're wrong, you're wrong. Calvin could say they're wrong, and then they could say Calvin is wrong, and the Anabaptists could say they're wrong, and they could say they're wrong, and they're, and the Lutherans were saying they're wrong, and Zwingli, and the Methodists, and then, and then you're wrong, and then, the, and then the Pentecostals, and then the Charismatics, and then, and then the fighting amongst the Baptists into different groups, and then the Presbyterians into different groups, and the Lutherans into different groups, and everybody into a different group, because everybody could say everybody was wrong. He said, well, it's not individualistic. It's not individualistic because we still have a church. Yeah, you've got to find a church of all the people who agree with you. <laughs> and at any point, anyone in that group can say you're wrong and then either demand change, get enough people to get rid of the pastor and get a new pastor, or you can just walk right out the door and go to a, find another church, or you can do whatever you want. But we have a lot of people leaving the institution. And now it seems to be like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. You can't do that. So now it seems to me it's going to be there's there's going to be an invested interest in telling people you can't walk away from the church because if you do that, you walk away from Christ. Kind of an invested reason to do so, right? Because you don't want everyone leaving the church because then the church can't survive. So but. They now bring in the concept of church as mother. But if you zoom out of our contemporary Western setting, you find that Piper's comments about following Jesus and belonging to the church are standard fare for nearly all Christians around the world today. It has been the case for nearly all of church history. Cyprian of Carthage, AD 210 to 258, is the one who said you cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother. Now, you may want to go look at everything else Cyprian of Carthage believed. You may want to look up everything Cyprian believed. But hey, hey, for this article, they're going to bring up Cyprian and go, wait, wait, wait. Cyprian said, now listen, listen to this again. You cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother. Now, I, I, I hate to say this. This When I hear this, I, you can condemn me to the 18th level of purgatory or the 18th level of hell, but I'm just going to be honest with you. That, that sounds so Roman Catholic, it's not even funny. And this is from someone who went to a Catholic university to pursue a degree in Catholic theology so that I could better speak of Catholicism from a position of knowledge and not one of ignorance. 
Cyprian of Carthage is probably quoted in a number of Catholic articles. But this idea that the church is the mother. In fact, it would it often said there is no salvation outside of the Catholic church. There is no salvation outside of the church. You need the church. It's your mother. You can't survive without your mother. The, the, the mother is going to be there to sustain you, to preserve you, to feed you. Where typically in the non-Catholic world, we're like, no, 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 no. I need Christ. He preserves me. He keeps me. I need the word of God. It feeds me. So let me ask you a question. In your theology, would you say that you cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother? Now they go on to say this was a statement that was restated by the reformers, including John Calvin. In fact, I have a sermon here from a Presbyterian church. It's a Presbyterian church, and this is how they start their sermon. You ready? I'm quoting. I have the transcript of the sermon in front of me. This is from a Presbyterian church. They say, there is no other way to enter into life unless the mother conceive us in her womb gives us birth and nourishes us at her breast. Away from her bosom, one cannot hope for any forgiveness of sins or any salvation. Then they ask, who do you suppose said this? You may be surprised. John Calvin from the Institutes of the Christian Religion. And they go on to put forth almost supporting this argument that, hey, there is no for you. There is you. God cannot be your father unless the church is your mother. Now, do you agree with that sentiment? Is that the way to fight de-churching? Is the way to fight de-churching is, hey, 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 no matter how messed up, no matter how messed up your mother is, no matter how crazy she may be, no, it doesn't matter. You can't, you cannot have salvation without her. God will not be your father unless the church is your mother. Now, this is the first time I have seen this being brought into the de-churching discussion. So this to me is notable, right? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everyone's talking about de-churching. Everyone's looking at the statistics. And now we're going to basically say, no de-churching because you're leaving your mother. Man, that sounds like Roman Catholicism. It really sounds like Roman Catholicism. I'm going to go back to the original article. We'll come back and listen to a little, not listen to, I'll come back and read some more of that uh, Presbyterian sermon because I don't have audio. I just have the transcript of it. Uh, They go on to say, Um, So back to the article. But if you zoom out of our contemporary Western setting, you find that Piper's uh, comments about following Jesus and belonging to the church are standard fare for nearly all Christians around the world today and has been the case for nearly all of church history. Cyprian, and I would say it probably has been the case for nearly all church history, where once again, I believe it started to change when... When some theses were not, uh, when 95 theses were not, uh, nailed to a door. Again, I know not everyone in history believes that's exactly how it took place. When they were published. All right. So they said, so, so, and I believe that the Reformation, whether we like it or not, began to change this concept. So then they quote Cyprian of Carthage, 210 to 50, uh, 210 to 258. 
is is the one who said you cannot have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother, a statement restated by the reformers, including John Calvin, who pointed to the motherly terminology as a sign of how useful indeed, how necessary the church is to believers. They say we can go back even further to the New Testament itself to see the connection between following Christ and belonging to his people. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting within a Protestant theological setting, because they say this, the church is the body of Christ. It is impossible to cling to the head of Christ without doing the same to his body. Now, stop right here. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If the church is the body, are we referring to a local church? Are we referring to the spirit, what many, as many Protestants would call it, the invisible church, the universal church, the invisible body? Now, if we're going to say the church is the body and I have to cling to the body, then you're saying I have to cling to a local assembly. So is every local assembly the body of Christ, even though those local assemblies do not have the same doctrine, do not have the same theology, and in many cases condemn the other bodies as being heretical? Is a one is Pentecostal church a part of the body of Christ? Is that, is that the body of No, well, no, not that, not that. That's too far. Okay, well, there are lordship people who would condemn anyone who's quote unquote free grace as, as easy or easy believism as being a false gospel. And there's those within the free grace, easy believism movement who would condemn the lordship view as being a false gospel. So which is the body of Christ? How do I supposed to know that I've, so I have to be a part of a church in order to be saved. But if I'm a wrong, a, a part of the wrong body, then I'm not saved. So my salvation is absolutely dependent upon being a part of the church. And now we're going to say the body is a reference to the local church, not the universal body. They quote Romans 12 here. They quote Roman. They don't quote. I'm sorry. They just put it in parentheses. They don't quote. They quote Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 4. For as we have many members and one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, every one member uh, uh, one of another. Is that a reference to the local church, or is that a reference to the universal invisible church? Or do you reject the universal invisible church concept? And if you reject the universal invisible church, then how many bodies are there? Are they all, is it one body or 15 bodies? A hundred bodies, a thousand bodies. How many different Protestant denominations are there? So is there one body? Is there many bodies? And if it's the if it's the invisible church, well then how do I become a part of the invisible church? Typically we say by salvation. Well then I'm all then if to I have to be a part of the church in order to be saved, well then I am part of the church by salvation, and that has nothing to do with a local body. See, oh, we've got some theological issues someone here has to resolve. They quote 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, they don't quote. They just put in parentheses. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. I knew they were going to quote this. For as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Is that the local church? 
Is that the local church? Each local church is a body. There's only, but, but, so there's not one body. There's thousands of bodies. Or is there one body? Or is that referencing the invisible church? If it's referencing the invisible church, then if you say I, the church is the mother, and I can't have God as the father unless the church is my mother. Well, then the church is my mother by salvation because then I'm baptized by the Holy Spirit into one body, right? Or are we? is that referencing water baptism into a local body? And I definitely know these theological differences because I've went to a school that was like, no, there is no invisible church. There's only the local body and you're baptized into that body. There's not an invisible church. And then I've gone to uh, schools are like, no, every Christian is a part of the invisible body. Well, if the invisible body is the body of Christ, is that that's the church. Well, then I'm, then the ch- I already have the church as my mother. So then do I need the local church? So when you say to walk away from the church is to walk away from Christ, I can't walk away from the invisible body, the invisible church, the universal church. So then are you saying if I walk away from a low, if I walk away from the local institution, I walk away from Christ because my salvation is now dependent on me being a member of a local church? And that's how we're going to now fight the de-churching controversy or the the de-churching phenomenon, however you want to identify it? And they say it is impossible to cling to the head of Christ without doing the same to the body. They say the apostolic letters assume the first Christians were committed to each other and covenantal fellowship. And since the author of Hebrews commands believers together, uh, together, it is a contradiction to claim a fall, a fall to claim to follow Jesus and yet disregard the apostolic instruction. An unchurched Christian is a grotesque anonym, anomaly. Uh, the New Testament knows nothing of any such person. So they, they, they go after it. They, they're, they're claiming, hey, you can't. They, they seem to be in agreement with Piper's comments to some level. Hey, you've got to be, you've got to be, but they're not identifying the body. Is that a local, is that local or the invisible? See, Christians love to play these games. See, when it's beneficial to us, we're like, it's the invisible. Hey, the church is supposed to be one. There's supposed to be unity. Well, there is unity in the invisible church where we never meet, we never see each other, and we don't have a theological statement. Where's perfect unity? See, we fulfill the scriptures. Well, that we're supposed to be one. Where we're one in the invisible church. Now, when it doesn't benefit us, then we're like, no, 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 no. You've got to be a part of a visible body. That's the body of Christ. There, it, it's got to be, you've got to be a part of a local church because if you're not, then you're not saved. So when we need it to be the local church, we, ima- we immediately make scriptures about the local church. When we need them to be about the invisible body, we immediately make them about the invisible body. Whatever seems to benefit us at a given time. So do you believe the church is the mother? Do you? Now I'm going to go back to the Presbyterian sermon. This is what they say. 
There is no other way to enter into life unless the mother conceive us. That's, that's that they're referencing the church there. In her womb, give us birth and nourish us at her breast. Away from her bosom, one cannot hope for any forgiveness of sins or any salvation. So apart from the church, I cannot have any salvation or, or even the forgiveness of sins. They go on to say, over the last few years, I have come to the conclusion that the evangelical church has been terribly negligent in her use of gender imagery, not so much with reference to God, but with reference to herself. The majority of preachers and lay people alike, alike, alike refer to the church as it. Most evangelicals acknowledge that the church is the bride of Christ, but few explore the implications of this. Hardly anyone references her as mother of believers. Because of the vacuum created by this negligence, the feminist theologies rampant in our culture have been appropriated and modified modified by evangelicals to fill the void. Christianity is essentially a personal, not to be confused with individual religion. The Trinity, the person of Christ, the creation, the fall, redemption, are all dependent on the persons involved and the covenantal relationship with which they sustain to one another. This is especially true of redemption, and it is this aspect that I will focus on in relationship to us. God is our father, Christ is our husband, and the church is our mother. These are not sexual relationships, but they do have, they do have to do with spiritual reproduction. Now, this leaves us with a little bit of something to consider. I'm not going to give you all the answers right now because I don't have all the answers right now, but I am very interested because typically, I feel the evangelical Protestant world pushes back. The church isn't your mother. We're saved by Christ and Christ alone. The church is important. Yes, we should be a member of a church. Yes, but it's not your mother. You can have salvation outside of the church. You don't need a church. for The church does not control your salvation. Now, remember that quote they give by uh, uh, Cal- Calvin. If I said Luther, I apologize. Uh, Calvin, there is no other way to enter into life unless the mother conceive us in her womb and give us birth, birth and nourish us at her breast. Away from her bosom, one cannot hope for any forgiveness of sins or any salvation. If that's the church, then you're telling me I have to have the church in order to be saved. Typically, Protestants push back against that because that was the Catholic claim. You can't leave us. You can't depart from us. You're leaving your mother. There is no salvation outside of us. There is no nourishment outside of us. So you're saying you can just leave that mother, and but there can be another mother. They, that church was your mother, but then you got tired of that mother. So you just left that mother and you went, how many mothers are there? Are there 15, a thousand mother churches, a a 2000 mother churches, 23,000 mother churches? How many mothers are there? Every church is a mother. Every church is the body of Christ. How many bodies are there? Well, there's multiple bodies, but there's only one body of Christ. Well, wait a minute. Is there one or multiple ones? All right. Um, I thought, uh, we were the church, uh, the bride. How can how can we be our mother? Okay, that's a good point. Are we the church? The church is the is the bride of Christ. So is the church 
made up of us. Are we his bride? He's the bridegroom. Now, that's a good question right there. Like, I don't, I don't, someone else just said, and this is all from our Spreaker app. So if the church is my mother and I'm part of the church body, local or universal, then I'm part of my mother? Or is it saying I have to be part of the church to maintain the relationship with my mother? Sorry, I'm a bit confused. Well, it would seem to say the church is the mother and you've got to be a part of it in order to have a relationship with the father. Like God can't be your father unless the church is your mother. The church seems to be well, an institution. The church as an institution is the mother. And I guess we are the children. But then you're right. If the church is the bride of Christ and we are we not part of the bride? Well, I guess it's the church, the institution, the bride. And we're just the ch- I don't understand how far you take. It seems to it's going to fall apart at some level to me. Like the more questions you ask, I think the more it's going to fall apart. Now, if we look up, I don't have, I don't have one in front of me. They're all, hang on. I'm just going to look up something really quick, really quick here. Okay. Hang on. Okay, here we go. Uh... Okay, this is from, okay, Catechism of the Catholic Church. All right, hang on. I'm looking here at some of these paragraphs. This is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, Let me see here. There's a lot of paragraphs here. There's a lot of paragraphs here. I'm going to go to, all right. I'm going to go to par- uh or I'm going to go to paragraph 507. Now, I cannot I'm just I'm at the catholic-catechism.com online. I do not have my physical catechism in front of me. I'm looking around here probably at church, probably at church. It, pro- uh, we have a bunch of them at church. Okay. But I'm going to go to paragraph 507. It says at once virgin and mother Mary is the symbol and the most perfect realization of the church. The church, indeed, by receiving the word of God in faith, becomes herself a mother. By preaching and baptism, she brings forth sons who are conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of God to a new and immortal life. She herself a virgin who keeps in its entirety and purity the faith she pledged to her spouse. Right. That that seems to be. I mean, that to me, that's the Catholic Church. That's the Catholic Church. What what Calvin is repeating is straight up from the Catholic Church. It's almost like, OK, Luther, it, this is almost the way it works. <laughs> no, you can ask me questions. No, you can ask me questions. I'm just saying if we ask questions about this concept, it falls apart. I think that's what the per- someone in the comment said. Don't ask, don't ask questions. Got it with a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah I, I, I believe if we ask questions to this entire concept, it begins to fall apart. But please ask me all the questions you want. I just may not have any answers. But all right, here we go. Here we go. So let me try to put this together. This is the way it seems. All right. So we have the de-churching happening. People are walking away. Piper comes along and is like, hey, 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 no, 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 no. You walk away from the church, you walk away from Christ. You must have the church in order to have Christ. Okay, which church? 
So the first question is, which church? Well, all churches that believe what? 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 What must a church believe to ensure that I have the right church? Because if I don't have the right church, if the church is essential to salvation, then I've got to make sure I have the right church in order that I have salvation because you're connecting the two inseparably linked. I have to be in the church in order to have salvation. Well, then obviously I have to be in the right one. How many right ones are there? If a church is Calvinistic, is that the wrong one? Many would say yes, that they're heretical. Many Calvinist churches would look at non-Calvinist churches and say, they're, they're her- heretical. Many churches like mine who doesn't baptize babies and are not sacramental, we would be considered heretics. We would look at people who baptize babies who are sacramental and say, they're heretics. So which church is the right church? That would be question number one, right? That's absolutely essential. I mean, you've got, we've got to figure that out. And then it becomes a, just a very important question. How many mothers then are there? Are there multiple mothers? Like, you know, hey, I, if you leave one church, can you just run over to a different mother and still be good to go? Because it sounds like what happened in the Protestant Reformation is the Protestant Reformation said the Catholic Church is no longer the mother. She's not the pure virgin. She's not the spouse. She's not the bride of Christ. She's a whore. She's a, she's a, an adulteress. She's unfaithful. She's corrupt. So we're going to leave and then we're going to go start our church. And then when we start our church, we'll be like, dun, 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 here's the mother. See, now we have the pure mother. I mean, we started the mother. We created the mother, but now it's the mother. Now you, but if you leave our church, then you, you're, you're, because in that, what happened after the prior, everyone was breaking into schisms and different groups and everybody was condemning the other group. This whole thing becomes absolutely absurd to me. If we say the church is the body of Christ, is that the one church, the universe, or is it every individual church? And if every individual church is the body, then do we just say, which one is the which one is the right body? Because we're all supposed to be one. I don't know. Are all them so every church is a mother and every church is the body of Christ? Here's what I would challenge you to do. I need I need you to look up. You can do your own research. Everything the Catholic Catechism says about the church being mother. You should just look at all the paragraphs. Just understand that language. And then ask yourself, was Calvin borrowing from that language? Because to me, the language then basically tells people, you can't leave us. The church is the mother. If you want God as your father, you have to have church as the mother. You leave my church, you leave your mother. Now, but then Protestant will say, no, no, no. I just went down the street. There's another mother right down the street. And I went to that mother and that mother is better than your mother. Well, wait a minute. And then again, so many people ask some good questions. Is the church the mother? And then we're the children. So then the church as an institution is the bride or is the bride made up of us? Are we the bride or is the institution there? Because if you say the church is the mother, then that can't be us or then we're the mother. Right? So then the church has to be distinguished from the members. The church is something separate from the members. The institution is the mother. I can't leave the institution. 
that sounds so Catholic. That sounds so Catholic. Like it, it literally, like, I feel like I'm sitting, uh, all right. Someone says having the church as my mother, it sounds pagan. It, it, I, I guarantee it definitely sounds foreign to most people's minds. So I'm a little perplexed here. So I found a Presbyterian church saying it. And then I found this entire article, again, prone to de-church. Lord, I feel it. You can find it at the gospelcoalition.org. You can read all of it. But it seems like this is where it's going. Um, yeah, I say, I, I don't, I don't, that, that, that don't really return back. That don't spend a lot of time in the article pursuing the mother concept, but I think it's a concept that we have to figure out is the church, the mother. And if the church is the mother, I am. I don't know. I don't know how if the if we if we like I've always struggled with this. If we have the invisible church, to me the invisible church is the is the answer to Catholicism, because the Catholic Church would be like you should be one. There should be unity. That's what the Bible talks about. The church is being one. There should be uni- unification. You Protestants, there's no unity. There's no central doctrine. There's no central anything. Some churches accept the creed. Some churches reject the creed. I don't agree on anything. Baptism, repentance, it's complete a- spiritual anarchy. So how can you be one? Our go-to answer is we're one because there is one body of Christ and all true believers are a part of the one body of Christ. Now, we don't know who those believers are. We never meet them. So we never have any fights, but it's part of the invisible body because we have to to have that answer because practically there is no answer where there's 15,000, I don't know, 10,000 different denominations, whatever the actual number is. Everyone's always debating about it. Crazy number of different denominations, different faiths, different beliefs. We're not unified there. So then people are like, we got to have the invisible body. Well, then people are like, okay, well, if I have the invisible body, then I'm in the church by default, by salvation. I'm a part of the church, the invisible body. Okay, so then if someone says, well, then guess what? I don't need the local church. Well, then all of a sudden, like, no, 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 no. The local church is the body, the local church. And if you walk away from the local church, then you don't, you're not part of the body of Christ and you're not a part, uh, then you, well, you can't have God as your father. It seems that we, 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 we turn to whatever we need to turn to, um, Okay, someone just said, look, it infuriates me that the standards are all over the place. Makes me want to throw up my hands. If someone is going to claim we need the mother, I need them to get specific. Well, absolutely. If you're going to tell me I need the mother, you can't just say it's the church. Well, which one? I need to make sure I'm part of the right. He said, well, it's a church that believes these things. But the church down the street's going to be like, no, 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 no. You have to believe these things. Well, then... And then if the church really is the mother, I'm going to get really blunt. Then maybe Christians in the pew should shut up and stop arguing with the mother. Then the church should have some authority. But the Protestant world is the church doesn't have the authority. You have the authority because you're the one who can tell the mother you're wrong. So do we make, if the church is the mother, then does that mean the people in the pew can't tell the mother that she's wrong? I don't know how any of this, this is a completely, sometimes when we try to fix one problem, we create another. Piper's words, 
caused a dust up because he's literally basically saying, you leave your church, you leave Christ. Or if you leave the church in general, which church? He would he would 100% support you leaving certain congregations. See, he would support that. Because I guarantee you, at, at, at the church he was a part of forever, was it Bethlehem Church? Is it what, Minneapolis, Minnesota, wherever it is? I guarantee you, he had plenty of people who came from another church. So he's okay if you leave that church to come to his church. But if someone says, like, I, I'm just done with the whole institution, then he'd be like, now you're leaving Christ. Well, wait a oh, I don't understand. So I can leave a congregation as long as I go to another church. But what if that church is not the right church? So the, the whole thing just seems to be, I, I, the whole thing is everywhere here. I don't, I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this, but here's your homework if you so choose. Because I, 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 we, we'll have to continue to follow this and see if I can just figure this out in some meaningful way. But I think we start. Hey, look, the article goes back to... Um, goes back to Cyprian of Carthage, uh, 210 to 258 AD. That's where they're going to go back. Then, hey, let's do this. Let's find out what the Catholic Church taught about the church being mother. Look up everything, but, you know, church as mother, Catholic catechism, and try to find every reference in the catechism to church as mother. You, there's online editions of the catechism. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Someone says he's going to have. Someone's going to look. Anyone who's going to make the argument that would. I mean, even Calvin. If you're going to make the argument, I mean, look. Remember Calvin's quote. I mean, Calvin's quote is almost. It was sounds Catholic. There is no other way to enter into life unless the mother conceives us in her womb, gives us birth, and nourishes us at her breast. Away from her bosom, one cannot hope from any for any forgiveness of sins or any salvation. Who do you suppose said this? You may be surprised. John Calvin Institutes. But I say, before we get to Calvin, before we get to Luther, before we get to any of the reformers, let's figure out how the Catholic Church handled it. What did the Catholic Church say in regards to the church being our mother or being the mother? What exactly did they mean by it? Let's make sure we under, once we get the Catholic concept, then we can see how this concept made its way over into many Protestant denominations. And then it seemed to go out of fashion. And now is it making a subtle return? Hey, everyone's de-churching. We got no de-churching. You're leaving your mother. Seems a little interesting that all of a sudden it would make a return. All of a sudden now it's like to leave the church is to leave Christ. How much does the church control salvation? How, how, like you're telling me if I walk away from the institution, I've now walked away from Christ. You're now just made the church essential to salvation. All right, you guys go figure it out. See, I, I do what I do best. I just give you the problem and then I run away. No, I don't. I don't run away. I'll come right back to this. But I, I'm very interested to see what you guys fi find out. But really, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. Don't just walk away from this broadcast. Go look online. Find everything the Catholic Catechism says about the church's mother. Figure out exactly what they're claiming. 
exactly what they're claiming. And then ask yourself how that would fit. Right. So uh, someone just said the timing of this uh, concept returning does uh, raise uh, the question. I think it does. I think it's I think it's we always try to find a way to solve a problem. How do how do Catholic how do Protestants answer the fact that you're supposed to be one? You're supposed to be united. You're not supposed to be divided. There's supposed to be unity. The church is one. Right. How, there's one body. Oh, that's the universal body. That's the universal. That's the, the universal body. When you become a Christian, you're part of the universal body. So there's perfect unity. There is one problem solved. And now it's like, no, 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 no. If you leave the visible institution, you walk away from Christ. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a part of the one body by faith. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. You can be a part of the one body by faith, but if you walk, if you walk away from the visible institution, you, you're not saved. What in the world just happened? And some will say, well, no, you just prove you were never saved. Oh, okay. So meaning I've got to be a part of the church in order to be saved because if I'm not, I'm not saved. You, you can try to play semantics, but you're still saying it's required for salvation. And then once you say it's required for salvation, then guess what? You got to tell me exactly which one is required for salvation. And if, if one leaves a church, how do they know they're going to the other one that meets those requirements for salvation? How different can the church you let, how different can you go, how, how much difference can there be between the church you're leaving and the church you're going to, and you're still making sure you have mother? Oh man, this is raises some serious questions. I'd love to get your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. I'm going to go find food because if I don't find some soon, well, I'm going to die and it's not going to matter. So, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find food. Uh, if everything works correctly, we'll be live tonight, 7 p.m., coming to you from Victory Baptist Church in Ovala, Texas, where we will be back working on the subject of the tabernacle. In the meantime, I'm going to sit here very perplexed and confused because what in the world is going on? I'm not completely sure, but when Protestants start sounding very much like Catholics, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I think we have a tendency to use whatever we need to use to benefit us in whatever situation we find ourselves, and that is very disturbing. Um, well, yeah, someone just says, doesn't that mean it's not faith alone? I, <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like. Hey, faith alone is not sufficient. Faith alone and church. But I mean, come on, Piper, I think in many cases left faith alone a long time ago in certain ways, right? Because he has that whole final justification, final salvation concept going on. But that's a whole different issue. You can tell me what you think. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. I can't wait to get your thoughts on all this. Remember, Catholic catechism, everything it says about Mother Church. Become an expert on it. So then when we hear that same concept show up in the Protestant world, we can go, hmm, that's very similar. How does it work in the Protestant? We know how it works in a Catholic system. Makes perfect sense. They're sacramental. You have to have them to get the sacraments. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you there's only one. There's one Catholic Church, right? And and so yeah, you you can see how it can kind of their system may not be perfect, but at least there's a logical consistency in trying to make it work. I don't know how you bring that concept over into the Protestant world. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.